Hey everybody, it's Matt and Jess, and welcome back to the Radical Road. This week, we talk about our marriage. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social, found at The Radical Road. Twitter, at The Radical Road 1. Visit our website, ontheradicalroad.com, and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com. Oh boy. Everybody's in for a ride today. Well, I don't know if it's a ride, but it's something. Yeah. It's a vulnerable subject. I'm not even sure why we're talking about this. Uh, I think because many people have asked us, you know, questions about our marriage, especially being on this journey together 24-7. Yeah. But it's also been a topic that God has placed on your heart to speak about. Well, yeah. I mean, somebody had... This last week had mentioned, oh, you guys should talk about your marriage on the podcast. And initially, I'm like, that's a horrible idea. <laughs> but, you know, it is interesting because, I mean, I don't know. And maybe this is everybody. Maybe I'm just thinking it's us. But for whatever reason, people are commenting about us and our marriage um, in various different ways. And when I say that, I'm saying like, you know, people will come up to us and they don't know us and they'll be like, oh, you guys are such a beautiful couple or, oh, you guys seems like such an amazing couple and they make these comments. Or they um, think we've been married for many, many, many years. How many years have you guys been married? <laughs> yeah, like two. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, babe, we're coming up on our anniversary. How many years has it been? 200. <laughs> Oh, come on now. Five. It's five, I know. Yes. In April. I'm April surprised I even remember this because I have a horrible time remembering numbers as it is, but I've done a good job counting <laughs> for some reason. But anyway, we're going to talk about this, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I started thinking about this and I'm going, well, how do you even come at this? Do we just start telling stupid stories about what we do on a daily basis? <laughs> or like, what is this supposed to be about? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. But we, you know, our marriage has looked differently since we've been in this truck. That is for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're together 24-7. And, you know, I'm grateful. We actually do have a really strong, healthy marriage. We get along. We do enjoy each other's time. The majority of the time, yeah. Yeah. But we, <laughs> really, we enjoy each other's time. We be, we love being each other's best friends and in our presence but because we are together now 24-7, yeah. it does cause some tension here and there. And yeah. you can't just jump out of a truck. <laughs> no, you can't, unfortunately, <laughs> unless you want to die. I mean, that thought has crossed my mind, I guess. <laughs> Mine but, too. <laughs> but um, no, I feel like we are supposed to talk about this because ironically enough, we listened to a message this last Sunday that kind of dove into marriages and relationships and things. and. We just kind of heard messages recently for and for obvious reasons because I felt like Well, I think too, because Valentine's Day was, you know, just oh, was yeah. here, you it know. It kind of goes hand in but hand. But yeah, if you want to listen to an incredible message series on love and relationships, 
uh, Love is Blind by Pastor Robert Madu at Dallas Social. I'm just going to give him a little plug. Yeah, it was good. And the one thing that I loved that he talked about was that, and I feel like everybody knows this, but I'm just going to say it again. You know, you get into a relationship and everything's all love and roses and everything's perfect. And it's the honeymoon stage. You just want to be around each other and everything's great. But eventually it gets to the point. I know. Where, I remember that. I loved touching you all the time. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like you get into it and it's like you just you want to be around that person all the time. And you're bringing your best self forward in the early stages. So it gets to a point where you've been together long enough that the real us comes out. And that means all of our baggage, all of our ish, all of our stuff. Um, yeah, but I feel like we kind of showed that right away. No, we, we revealed that right it, away. Well, that was very intentional on my part. Yeah, I mean, true. I think everybody. I would agree with that. I think everybody out there knows I've been married twice before. Like marriage is not my area of expertise. So, but one of the things. And thing, I've been married once before. Yeah, but one of the yeah. things I learned and that I talked vigorously about when we first got together was like, we need to have an argument because I need to understand how you fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, makes I'm a like, difference. Do you fight well? Yeah. Do you fight well? And can you come to resolution? And when you do come to resolution, can you let it go? And I think we're very good about that. Yeah. Like I have a very short memory. Me too. Like I can fight with you and literally two minutes later, Want to jump in the sack with you? Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think Ditto. it's because of physical. I'm very forgiving. And I don't think it's 100% about physical attraction anymore. Uh, no. <laughs> and I, no, I would agree with that for both of us. But I would say I'm even forgiving in all my relationships, just not in our marriage. Like, I just have a heart of forgiveness. So for me, it's like, I'm not going to let this weigh us down. Well, I did not used to be that way. I was like a grudge holder. Really? I haven't seen that side of you. Um, I know. I let it go quite a long time ago because I just, it seemed dumb to me. Like I'm very logical and analytical and the whole grudge thing just seemed it's really- childish. It seemed really stupid. Yeah. So eventually I just had a talk with myself and said, stop having grudges with people. Like what difference does it make? Yeah. What's done is done. So I learned that before I even became a Christian. But now I've, I understand it so much more, you know, like the power of grace and forgiveness and repentance and it's all these freedom. things. Like there's yeah. a lot of freedom in that stuff. So, you know, I've really grasped onto it um, and fully understand it and the power of it. So I don't, I don't have a problem there anymore. Yeah. So... I think, you know, the question that was proposed towards us was, so what's your marriage look like now that you're in the truck? Like, how are you guys doing? Well, yeah, because we went kind of from the traditional type of married couple where you get up in the morning, you have your coffee, you go to work. But really, for a long time, it wasn't traditional because you worked nights. Well, that's true. As traditional as it could be, yeah, I guess. Like yeah. we had a home that we were living in. Yeah. We had jobs. Um, so it looked like a normal type of marriage. Now we're crammed into 
I mean, how many square feet is this truck? Is it even 20? Like, it's small. I don't know. It's a very small. You would know better than I. It's a very small living environment. Um, I wouldn't It's say, the size of a large bathroom. I wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> I mean, maybe I shouldn't speak for you, but for me, like, uh, I didn't need humbling. Like, I don't. I don't feel like I've been... You didn't. I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This has humbled me immensely. Like, I could live in a van down by the river. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. I'll do whatever is necessary. Like, so, like, I would say this is one of the huge pieces that God's done with me that is carrying over to other areas of my life is humbling me. Yeah. Yeah. It will most certainly do that, right? Yeah. Um. So, you go from a nice size house. Like, we had a very nice home in Utah. And... To get in this small space, I don't know, maybe common sense played a part in this, but from the beginning, I was like, at some point, something will break loose. I wonder what it will be. <laughs> like, <laughs> because you are, like, you're just stuffed in a small space. Like, if you don't know how to interact with each other, like, it's going to be two swords fighting and sparks are going to be flying all over the joint. So speaking of words, I really want to um, bring up a prophetic word that was actually spoken over Matt and I um, before we came out on the radical road. It was our last Sunday at Awaken Church. We were worshiping um, up at the altar and worship was closing. So we started walking back to our seats. And one of the pastors, one of the beautiful pastors at Awaken Church, uh, Pastor Jenny Husserow, she grabbed my hand and she said, Jess, I have a prophetic word for you. And I said, oh, great. Okay. And so she said, so God is showing me that when you go out on the radical road, that uh, you two are like a sword and you're both an edge of his sword. And if you know anything about a sword in the Bible, it's his spirit. It's his Holy Spirit. And um, she said, this journey's like the fire. And the sword is going through the fire. And as it goes through the fire, it's being refined. So your marriage and your ministry are going to be refined through this fire. The sword is becoming refined. The edges of the sword are becoming refined. And I wrote it down because I thought it was such a beautiful prophetic word. Um, and I truly see that happening with our marriage. Oh, yeah. Like and, he's really refining us. And I'll take it a step further. Like, I don't, I think she might have got the refining part right because I feel like some of the fights we've had, maybe the sword was a little dull. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Like, it was like, let's take this thing to the grinder first. <laughs> Truly. And then. But isn't that true of everyone's marriage? I mean, a healthy oh, yeah. marriage, you fight. You peel off the layers. I don't know how you don't. You have to peel your layers off. And you have to be willing to listen to each other. You have to be able to accept where you're flawed. Like, when Matt's telling me, this is where my issues are. This is my problem with you. This is my issues at hand. Like I have to be able to accept it in order to change it. And so we have to be willing as a healthy couple to be able to fight, but then be able to talk through it, communicate through it and be able to accept the biggest piece is to accept what each other says. Right. 
And that will come out in a small space. Yeah. <laughs> so like going back, when you look at when we first jumped in the truck, like it's just, it's just like a relationship. We get in the truck. It's super exciting. We're about to start this new adventure. So everything's like perfect. We're cruising down the road. We're seeing all the scenery. My wife's getting me drinks and making me lunch. I even joked. Your truck attendant. Yeah. I even joked early on. I'm like, oh, this is like being on a, like on an airplane. It's like a personal flight attendant. <laughs> and then I, we were at her brother's house one night and I said, I made a joke. I said, yeah, I think this is the most meal she's ever made for me since we've been together. Like, this and is great. And you even said, you go, this might just be the happiest time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> A little exaggeration there. <laughs> well, yeah, sort of. Like, I don't know. But you do hear people say the simplest times of your life are your happiest times. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. Like, so, you know, early on, it was like, no problems. Everything's running smoothly. We're doing our thing. It's great. Um, and then the devil attacks. <laughs> and, and then like. Spiritual warfare. <laughs> the realness of everything starts happening, right? Like, yeah. Um, but I'll remember because, like, it's in, interestingly enough, we went to a marriage retreat conference, whatever you want to call it. I remember one of the pastors gets mad when you call it a marriage retreat, but whatever. Um, one of the speakers had said, "If you're f if you're fighting, that means your marriage is working." And I'm like, I, I really put a lot of thought into that. I'm like, oh, that's so true. Maybe I should start a fight. <laughs> um, but I didn't. Um, so anyway, like everything was good. And then, you know, I've really taken that to heart, though, to like if we do have arguments, I don't take it so personal just because of that statement. I'm going... Okay, God's trying to work something out here. Yeah. Like what's for sure. going on? Yes. So like I've mentally embraced and tried to figure out what is actually trying to happen in our marriage right now. So, cuz we're I mean, we're just like anybody else. If somebody tells you that they're not fighting, that's might be a little suspicious. <laughs> like, yeah. And so either they're lying or they're disconnected. Um, very. And so what do you think, what do you think the difference is on our marriage now versus your marriage prior? Like as far as when, when you fight, like what's the major difference? Well, because, because we've been through the experience before and now we're in our marriage, like, how is it different for you? Well, the first one, I feel, feel like I just didn't care. Well, you were younger and yeah. Like there was a statement at one time that somebody made that whoever cares the least has the most power in a relationship. Because if somebody's really in love with somebody and the other person doesn't care, you get that whole chasing thing going on. Um, and I think in the first one, it was like, I don't want to argue. I don't give a crap and I'm just going to do whatever I want. So not very manly. A lot of selfishness, huh? A lot of selfishness, <laughs> a lot of immaturity. Yeah. So I don't necessarily, there wasn't really any fighting. Yeah. Um, what about because, the second because one? Because I just didn't care. 
which is a bad thing to say, but it is what it is. The second one. Oh, man. I don't know. I feel like it was a power struggle more than anything. Who's right? Who's wrong? All the tallying, bringing up past arguments, things. I don't know. But did you shut down in arguments or did you communicate through them? I don't know. At that point, I probably feel like I was more of a bulldozer than anything. So, like, if you're going to come at me, I'm just going to come powerfully over the top to squash you. Okay. Um, that was more of my approach, I guess. Yeah. Or it became my approach. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily how it was early on. Right. You're asking me to reflect on things that happened years ago and honestly that I'd rather forget. So remembering all the details of it isn't exactly easy. Yeah. (laughs) But I did learn some things to the point where when I got into the relationship with you, I'm like, something has to change. I have to change my approach and I have to be with somebody that understands logically how you have to communicate. So that's why when we got together early on, there was such this, there was such a press from me to go, well, how do you handle arguing? Yeah. Well, do you want me to explain in my marriage prior to you? So in my prior marriage, the way I handled fights was um, just so everyone knows that hasn't listened to our prior episodes, I was married to a narcissist. So it's a whole different beast you're dealing with in a marriage. Um, and so there was a lot of volatility, like very volatile. And so a lot of, uh, emotional verbal abuse, a lot of yelling. So I shut down, I would just shut down instantly. Like I, and then I would, we wouldn't talk for days. Like he wouldn't talk to me for days and I was so hurt that I wouldn't talk. It was like his way of shutting me off and shutting me down, um, which was very painful. It was a very painful marriage. Um, But I will say because he was volatile, then I went into defense mode often. And then I got loud, right? Because I was defending myself. I felt like I was always in defense mode being married to someone that's a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So it was just a really ugly, ugly situation. So. Well, I think the reason you're bringing this up is because, you know, everybody thinks you know, in terms of relationships, oh, I need to find the right person. And to a certain degree, there's truth in that. I feel like, you know, this time around, I changed my approach in that I allowed God to enter the fray of things and kind of push me where I needed to go with it. So that changed the dynamic of everything too. But I think there becomes this part where it's like, people think, oh, you know, I got divorced because I married the wrong person or, you know, whatever it is, it's their fault. They did this, this, and this. And it's like, no, you really have to do some inner looking at yourself because the one thing that I've learned being on my third marriage is that as you progress to each relationship, you're always carrying your baggage with you. And if you're not unloading that baggage, it just rears its head at some point again. So I just, um, actually, I just posted a quote about baggage. Actually, Pastor Madhu talked about baggage. And we all have baggage. 
I mean, even if you're not in a divorce prior to marriage yeah. or it, relationship, we all have it. And it doesn't even have to be like relationship, like boyfriend, girlfriend, right. marriage. Right. It could be baggage from trauma, like, yeah, abuse or, right. you know, from childhood abuse or yeah. bullying or whatever it is. Like he, he gave a great analogy. Like you're not going to go to the airport without baggage, right? Like we all go to the airport with baggage. Same with life. We're not going to travel through this journey of life without baggage. We all have it, but yeah. we need to check it. We need to check it at the gate. And I like to say the heavenly gate, right? Check it with God. Like we need to take care of it. Yeah. And the thing is too, is like, you know, now we've gotten this deliverance lane and a big part of it for us is doing some inner healing stuff and, and some preliminary things. So sometimes we're diving into people's relationships and it's like, you have to understand, like, you need to be looking at yourself more than the other person because it doesn't matter what relationship you go in. If you keep carrying certain things that you have, it isn't, isn't going to work with anybody. That's right. Um, yeah. So You have to focus on healing yourself in order to make someone else happy. Yeah. So to circle back around, you know, I feel like since we've gotten this truck, like, I'm not saying that we didn't let go of some of this stuff. I'm just saying it's, there's still a little bit of trigger mechanism there. There's still a little bit of uh, stuff we're carrying in that from previous relationships. And this is where the refining has come in. But the thing is, and for all of you out there too, is we're aware of it, right? I right. think that's the hugest piece is that you, that you are aware and you own what you need to work on. And we're all works in progress. None of us are perfect, but just as long as you are in that space and you're working on it to get better and to improve, like we're improving for the other person in our marriage. We're improving for ourselves, but we're improving for the other person in our marriage too. Yep. And just to be always focused on how we can be better yep. and for the other person too. So to kind of rabbit trail here a little bit, not too much because I feel like this is an important point in how I've progressed personally. Because here's the thing, when you bring your baggage, your stuff, your ish to the relationship, the person with you, who you are with, will reveal it. The, the mistake that we make as the partner is that we don't recognize what the spouse is saying. It's just a fight. We just argue it and we don't actually look and listen to what they're saying. So, and I think this is a common problem. It's like, and I can't think of a good example right now, but I'm just trying to think of about like a fight of something that I do, you know, like that would be unacceptable in a relationship. But anyway, my point is like you bring this stuff, your spouse will reveal it in an argument or whatever it is, a disagreement, and then we don't recognize it. And so once I got to the point where I'm like even somewhat recognizing it, an important piece of the puzzle for me was like men's prayer, connect groups, people in my church circles who I was hanging around with, who not just propped me up, but had real conversations with me. And also 
I had the courage to go, do you see this in me? Yeah, that's so powerful. Because I've done the same. You know, one of my things was like, I would get, I would get like angry about certain things. I would just snap off the handle because in my head, I'm going, why are you doing this? This seems so obvious to me. And then I'd just lash, stop doing that, you know, whatever it was. And so I took it. I'm like, do you see this in me? Like, I really had to, like, have somebody check me up. And this is where other men who have the courage to be real with you are so important to your life. And it's the same for women, too. Yeah. And I also want to add, for men especially, but women too, but it's also dropping the pride and admitting it, right? Like, you had to, in that moment, drop the pride and also see it in yourself or to own it. Well, I will say it until I'm blue in the face. Pride is the biggest one for men always in everything. Well, it's a killer in any relationship or anything. Yeah, we don't we don't want to admit we're wrong. We want to be right. Like And Jesus despises pride. We feel like we <laughs> need to be tough. Yeah. Um I hate the word toxic masculinity because to me that's just BS. But if yeah. you're going to label it in some way, like these things that men sometimes do, the thing that blocks them from growth and getting out of that type of reactionary stuff, I just think like bar fights. Yeah. Where two dudes get into it in a bar. The ego. It's like, really, dude? You're in your 30s, like, or whatever, <laughs> whatever the age is. You know, that stuff yeah. was cool in middle school. Those Those types of guys are like... All about the boys club, hanging out with the boys all the time. But it's like, oh, you disrespected <laughs> me. Let's get in a fight. And I just look at that and I go, you know how stupid you look? It's so dumb. But like, that's a perfect example of people that really have, and alcohol comes into play a little bit too, because right. it'll, it'll amplify it. Yeah. But, you know, it's a good example, obvious example of, what, what are you doing? Like, just strip the pride down. But, you know, it's a lot. It's not like, I mean, some men beat their wives, I guess. But, you know, the average couple, like, that's not what it is. Like, you're not physically abusing your wife. You're just like, not, you just have this pride on you where you want to win the argument. And you, like, I'll get the, I just remember having arguments and going, what the hell are we even fighting about? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I would agree with you. I think that for me, women's prayer or being around women that are uh, honest with you and support you, love you, and that sharpen us are game changers for sure. Like, well, I don't know about... Because they're not going to sugarcoat. Like they're those friends, those type of people are not going to sugarcoat. Yeah, I mean... And we don't need sugarcoating. No, we don't. And the thing is, like, I kind of grew up of the mindset of you don't air your dirty laundry outside of your four walls. If you have problems, you keep it within your four walls. And, you know, I'm not condoning that you run out and tell every single thing that your spouse is doing. Like, that's not what I'm no, saying. Yeah. But when you 
keep everything in your four walls and you keep running your head up against those four walls and not coming up with solutions. That's just not real life. Sometimes you got to take this out of the four walls, right? Right. So for me, men's prayer, connect group, being around... The inner circle you trust. Yep. Yes. Being around men who basically told me, listen, you have to realize everybody has problems and that people will see things that you don't see. Mm -hmm. So, and that's part of the problem is like, we just don't see what's right in front of our face. And other people, it will be like the clearest, clear as a bell. But I'll I'll say too, even taking into prayer, like Jesus will reveal those things to you. Absolutely. Like for me, that's been huge in this truck. Like he has revealed so many deep iniquities that I didn't see in myself. But you're not holding it in your own strength. No, you're, no, no. you're giving it to God. Yeah. You're giving it to the community that right. God has placed around you. Yeah. And you'll get leveled up because of it. Like it makes you want to be better. Um, when other men are pushing you going, you know what, dude, that's not okay. Like you're better than that. So, and people, there was things I was doing that I realized on my own And I leveled up on my own just because of the men I was around. I didn't even have to tell them. So, why are you motioning to me? Bring it back to us. Bring it back to us. (laughs) That is about us. Uh, That is about us. He went on his rabbit trail, folks. (laughs) No, I just... He told you he would. I feel like it's important that, you know, as you're navigating things, you can't do it in your own strength. No, you can't. And I think that's been a big part of, we've had some fights early on and we've kind of held on to these things in our own strength going, and then going, how do we get around this to the other side? And part of that is because we are in a truck, we aren't exactly in community like we used to be. Mm -hmm. So we've had to open our eyes, like, how do we navigate problems? Sometimes we've had to bring people in, but... um, Yeah, but... it's in a different way now. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's been really healthy for us. Actually, I think God knew we needed this season, this journey. <sighs> so not just for us to reach others and to help others in their journey, but I think God was doing something to us in this journey too. Well, there's been a lot of learning and growth over the last eight, nine months, whatever it's been now. You can't hide from your problems. No, like what we're telling you is raw truth. Like this is us. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not, I wouldn't say we had any huge major problems. No. You know, I feel like of all things, the area of finances has really gotten refined and how we've come together just in our view of how to handle finances. Yes. Um, Do you want to share how? Well, I mean, we've been digging in. Like we've, we've been doing we've, a program together. We've done a pro. We're doing a program together. Yep. I guess we're getting to the tail end of it now. But this has been going on for six, months. Six months. Six months now. We've been doing a program. Um, um and it's squarely God focused. Like, is. what? How, what does the Bible say about? It's, fin- not, it's not Dave Ramsey, but we put God at the forefront of our finances, and we're in it together as a partnership. Yeah, are we allowed to plug it or? No, what well, we're doing. if people want to know, they can reach out. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. Like we just, we wanted to get more educated in this area. We want to know what God has for us in finances and how we should look at it biblically. Um, we had a pretty good groundwork there, I think. Yes. Um, just because, mainly because of our time at Awaken. Yeah. Um, this has just kind of ratcheted it up a little bit. And I feel like um, it's got us more aligned in our thinking. Mm-hmm. Not that we were way out of whack. It's just, I feel like it's kind of refined everything. Well, brought us together more yeah. in that area. So that's been really yeah, good. Yeah, because when you are married and divorced, you come to a marriage differently than when you start from the very beginning. Right. And so, and also, you know, many people, no matter if you're married or divorced or not or whatever, you, you're you coming from, you learn certain financial habits from your parents, uh, from what you were raised in and what kind of home you were raised in. And so sometimes you bring those habits with you. Right. Um, and so this program actually breaks those habits um, and just really aligns you together. Um, it's been actually really amazing. Mm-hmm. I've loved it, especially with us being entrepreneurs. Um, like it's just, I don't know. It's just been great. Yeah. Is there any other specific things that you want to mention where you feel like we've gotten refined and stuff in our marriage or whatever? I mean, there's been a lot. I just don't know how personal you want to get. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like there, there's so much stuff that's been happening. Like my mind is just turned on yeah. every second of every day. You know, I just think too is for me, because of, again, where I came from, just the communication is really important to me. And it always has been because of the marriage I came from it. So I think that Matt and I are really good at communicating, even when it's tough, even when you don't want to hear what the other person says, like we just don't shove things under the rug. Like we address them and bring it to the forefront. And, you know, I think, you know, what's important is that you never in a marriage have this mentality of just shoving your spouse to the side or just thinking about how can I run? How can I get out of this? How can I, you know, you're always thinking about, you know, worst case scenario, but instead, you know, attack it, come together. Like it might get ugly for a little bit, but then it makes you stronger. It makes your marriage more beautiful if you just address things. I'll give a personal example. Yeah, go for it. That's very vulnerable and real just to be the courageous one to step out and throw something out there. Okay. (laughs) So something that really kind of like God whacked me over the head with, and this is something that just happened in the last few weeks that we had a discussion about. And that is, you know, you know, very early on in the relationship, we had this whole conversation about love languages and stuff. And I'm like, oh, dear Jesus, I don't want to hear about love languages. Like, it just feels corny to me. But, you know, you had mentioned that your main one is words of affirmation. And I'm not good at that. Matt's is quality time and touch. (laughs) Every man's is touch. (laughs) At least that one. Or like 
Pastor Matt Hubbard says, or no, Samuel DeMuth says, quality touch. Quality touch. (laughs) Quality touch. (laughs) I love some quality touch. But, you know, as the person that's supposed to be delivering that to your wife, that's extremely uncomfortable for me. But I feel like I really got whacked on the head on that one because, I don't know. I just I didn't whack you on the head. No, by God. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had a real conversation with Jess about this. I'm like, listen. I'm going to try as best as I can, but I'm telling you, if I tell you you're beautiful and then I start laughing afterwards, (laughs) it's not because I'm lying. It's because of how comfortable, uncomfortable it makes me feel to say that. And like, it is for me. Like, I don't even understand why, really. Um, That's just, it's not the way I grew up. It's not the way my family is. Right. Um, That's true. So. It reminds me of that. It reminds me of that meme I just saw where it says, where it was a worksheet and they asked children, so what makes a marriage work? And the child answers it in his cute little handwriting. It says, to always tell your wife she's beautiful, not that she looks like a dump truck. Well, you know, the thing is, like, when it comes right down to it, like, I take that for granted. I just assume that you know that. Like, I want to be with you and I find you attractive. Like, why do I got to tell you? Even the prettiest girl doesn't realize. Why do I got to tell you all the time? Like, it just seems dumb. But that's not who I am. They want to hear it from the person that's most important to them. But because I'm married to you, like, I got to figure out how to do that. So... I don't know. We had like a pretty real conversation about that where I'm just like, all right, listen, I'm going to (laughs) try. I know it's going to be weird for a little bit, but it's like going to the gym, right? You work out and you do it enough, you get bigger muscles. Like if I do this enough and try put an effort behind it to do it, like it'll just become normal, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is how I really feel. It's not like I'm lying. So we, we're running out of time, but and I wanna I wanna add something that I feel like I've gotten better about in this journey. Um, but we gotta wrap it up because we have Rad Group at seven. So I wanna I would say for me, um, you know, I was raised to be an independent female. And I think that can be a, to a detriment when you're and I think it was out of my own mother's trauma um, and her experience that she raised us girls to be overly independent. And it was very, it's always been very hard for me to just be the help role, to, to be led as a wife, as a woman. Um, is to, it's hard for me to be led. And I think I'm learning that in this truck that I need to take the back seat and I need to let you lead me in certain areas of life. And it's, it's just been a huge learning process and it, but it's been good. And I think it started on our journey when, before we even got married, um, because you would make comments like, um, just let me take care of you or let me do this. You know, you would kind of remind me like, just to let you be in your role as a man. And so, but I think this journey has 
been even more growth for me in that. Yeah. No, we had a whole conversation about this and, you know, it's not one of these things of, oh, you need to stay home and cook and clean and take care of the kids and that type of thing. That's not, that's not what we're saying, but God built men a certain way. God built women a certain way. And he tells us, you know, what the dynamic of that looks like. And so I came to the realization and I kind of back this up with examples of there's things that you're stepping into that are my responsibility. Just mm-hmm. let me do it. Yeah. Because and actually now that I do, like I love being taken care of. And I think men love to take care of their women. We do. And I feel like that whole mentality of like, oh, women need to take care of themselves. I feel like that's a big part of what's screwing up the dynamic of relationships because that's not how we're designed. People will label me old-fashioned or whatever, but like, look at successful marriages. There's Mm -hmm. a dynamic there because of the way that we were created that if you get outside of alignment of that, Mm -hmm. the sparks start flying. Yeah. Or people shut off. Right. It's one of two things. Well, and I've learned too in this process that that doesn't degrade me. That doesn't make me any lesser of a female because I'm learning to be in order of you. Like I'm, I'm being your help. I'm being your help me. And that I'm, that you're still partnering with me, that it's not that we're unequal. We're still partnering, but I'm learning to just let you lead me in times. And if you really want to break it down practically, we're trying to create a union that's built on each other's strengths We're trying to use our strengths in the area where they can bring the most value to the relationship. So to put it in a practical sense, I think that's the easiest way to to say it, right? I would agree. So. Well, and just honoring each other. You know, I think honor today is lost and just honoring you as my husband and you having value and honoring me as, as your wife. I think that that's lost too. And it all starts with honoring God. Like Jesus honored God. We honor Jesus. We honor God. It's just like this whole honor. And I just to add one more thing, because I've said this to a lot of people is like, you hear all the, hear women all the time go, I just want my man to lead. But then they turn around and they grab the power in something. They won't let them lead. And they don't let them. Yeah. And it's like, well, which way do you want it? And that was me. I had that problem. I point blank (laughs) asked you the question. Yeah. Do you want me to lead or do you not want me to? Right. Because I'm more than willing to do it, but you keep grabbing the power over in this area of our relationship. Yeah. So, yeah, that's been, that's been something that's been getting sharpened up and we're getting better at. Yeah. I don't know. It's been good. Yeah. It's all been good. So... Can't complain. Yeah, and no matter if you're, you know, struggling or not struggling, I think, and say what you want, but you need to keep having sex. You need to keep being intimate (laughs) because you get closer. You still feel bonded. You still feel closer to each other. And it does not help your situation if you cut that out. It makes me feel better. (laughs) 
I, I, truly, it's hard for women. It's harder for women in this area than it is for men because it's much more of a we're emotional, so emotional. Women to, are emotional, so we just want to like. It's almost like we want to um, hold back. We want to. Um, don't kid yourself, though. Men do this crap too because I'm guilty of it. Like I'm not touching that woman tonight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, but. It's we're not the worst. Always, it's the worst thing we can do. We're not always winning. <laughs> <laughs> but it is ultimately the worst thing you can do is. Yeah, probably. But yeah. I don't know. Like if you're going to take anything from this, though, I feel like uh, the biggest piece of advice is like, don't try to do everything in your own strength. Like, yeah, you're not the only one with problems. Your problem is not going to be something that no one has already heard before. Like it's the same stuff in all the, in everybody's relationship. Yeah. The beautiful thing is God has a playbook. It's called the Bible and it can lead you in a direction that wins. Yeah. And I would say one of the most beautiful moments that we've had recently in our marriage was it was coming out of a, a fight um, and we talked through it. And then you said, come here and you grabbed me. And you pulled me in tight and you just start praying over me. Like yeah. you just start praying over me and our marriage and just how you wanted to um, honor God and giving me to you as a treasure. And for me, that was a really beautiful moment that I felt safe, secure, loved. And I think that's important too, that we pray together as spouses as well. Yes, I would agree. So, Yeah. Okay. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. We could probably have an episode We're two. not done with our marriage. We're done with tonight's episode. We could probably, <laughs> probably have an episode two on this. I feel like there's a lot that we haven't covered. Yeah. If you guys want to talk about more marriage stuff, uh, just let us know. Give us the feedback. We want to know what uh, you're really digging. But we should pray over um, everyone that's listening in tonight, don't you think? Yep. Okay. I went last time, I think. Okay. I'll pray. <laughs> <laughs> I love praying. So dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you. We thank you for each listener that's uh, listening to this marriage episode. Lord, we just pray over the married couples, uh, the people that are in relationships, or maybe it's the singles that are um, expecting to eventually get into a relationship. Lord, they're waiting on you, God. And we just pray over each individual listening to this episode and that Lord, that you've blessed them somehow with the words that you have just flowed through us, um, Lord. We just pray that you open their eyes, their ears, their hearts, Lord. I pray that you meet their every desire, their every need. I pray that if there's married couples, that that they just learn how to communicate with one another, that they see their deep iniquities within themselves so they can be refined for their spouse, Jesus. I pray that you bless these marriages, you bless these relationships. Lord, I pray that they put you forefront. They put you first and most important, that they love you first, because if they love you first, then they can be a reflection of you in their marriages, in their relationships. Lord, I just pray that that... You remove any selfishness 
that is on anybody in relationships and marriages, Lord. I pray that you remove their selfishness and that they learn to focus on the other person, Lord, because that is the greatest commandment to love. Lord, that is our call is to love, Lord. And I just pray that you just unite um, couples, Lord. I pray that you help um, each person to drop and shed the pride Jesus, I pray that they surround themselves with um, an inner circle, Lord, that they pray together with other people and with each other, Lord, that they're not shy about that, that you put in that you impart new boldness on each person, Lord, that they're bold enough and courageous enough to pray about it, Lord, to make things happen, to change things in their relationships and their marriages. Lord, I pray that we walk in humility as married couples, as people in relationships, that uh, we see uh, what everyone else sees in, in us, Lord, that we're willing to just uh, break down and change, Lord, for the best, for growth, Lord, for what you have for us. And Lord, we just praise you for each listener. We pray that you pour favor upon each one of them and that uh, they just move forward in blessings in your heavenly, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time. 10-4. We'll see you on the road. <laughs>